Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Penguins are absolutely, unequivocally not one of the best teams in hockey. And I know that because at some point later today, two teams will be playing for the Stanley Cup. The Penguins will not be one of them. The Penguins also were not participants in the previous round or the round before that. However, however, I do have something to share that you might find interesting. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. There are a lot of advanced analytical websites out there as hockey delves more and more into that school and is more and more data in particular, and you've been hearing me talk about this a lot, advanced analytics are wonderful from the formula standpoint. What they lack compared to other sports is data. And that's because the NHL in particular has done a predictably terrible job of accumulating data and releasing data. And yes, I'm talking about things like actual possession. I'm talking about skating speed, shot speed. These are all things that can become variables that'll really help studies. However, what's there right now isn't bad, even though it's principally based on shots on goal or attempted shots on goal. A site called Evolving Hockey, that's got a good reputation, produced a cumulative war stat. That's wins above replacement. That's borrowed from baseball. That's intended to be just a catch-all. Put everything all into one big stew and stir it up and see how it turns out. And Evolving Hockey looked back at this past regular season and came up with the following three teams as being the three best in the NHL. Repeat, that's regular season. Number one was Colorado, 25.6. Number two was Vegas at 20.6. Number three 
was your Pittsburgh Penguins at 20.5, just a hair behind Vegas. And that kind of supports what you saw to an extent. I mean, the Penguins did win their division. The Penguins did do a lot of good things in terms of shot attempts, shot suppression, and so forth. Oh, and by the way, even the goaltending for two months was not good, not great, but the very best in the league in terms of simple save percentage. Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith ranked number one as a tandem for an entire two-month contiguous stretch. That's, that's something. What's this mean? <laughs> that's a different question entirely. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV, the monthly cost of cables over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including AT&T SportsNet Pittsburgh. And for a limited time, the listeners to this podcast get a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month by going to fubotv.com/dk. One more time, that's fubotv.com/dk. 15% off first month, that's a real thing. What does it mean that the Penguins rank this high? Okay, I'll dispense with the obvious. Nothing. It's game two of Lightning versus Canadians tonight in Tampa. Those are, by the terms of the tournament, the two best teams in the NHL. No apologies, no explanations needed. Also, Tampa just might be the best team in the NHL when they've got everybody healthy, which of course they magically didn't until the playoffs, but cap circumvention is another issue for another episode. The Penguins also weren't one of the four best teams. The Islanders and Golden Knights were the other semi-finalists, and I can go back before that. So, all of that matters. In fact, Again, per the terms of the tournament, it's all that matters. Tristan Jari's two wonderful months in a 56-game regular season schedule doesn't amount to a thing. If he falls apart in the playoffs, he did. That was a real thing. That actually happened. That can't be quantified in this analysis, and not just because this analysis only covers the regular season. It's just, you know, when you go really broad, and that's what war stats do, when you go really macro, you can lose sight of the fact that once you get to the games that mean the most, it's nothing but micro. Only the small things matter. So, let's take a look at it from the positive standpoint. Penguins have a pretty good hockey team. I, I think that's a fair conclusion. And if I'm being honest with you, when I saw this information, that was my first thought. All those things that we heard come from the mouths of Sidney Crosby and uh, Chris Letang and Jeff Carter and 
all the other players who took their turns after Game 6 on Long Island and then a couple of days later when they did their locker clean-out, all those things about how we, we really believed this group was going to do it. We feel that this is worth keeping together. Now, you can say that in some kumbaya sense, but this is real. This actually is a very good hockey team. The Penguins do a lot of things very well, and they do those things consistently well. What happened to them in the playoffs was an extremely significant micro thing going wrong. And that's why at the time, it was very fair not mean-spirited, not, you know, because we don't like him or whatever. It was very fair to single out Tristan Jari. And it remains fair, I think, to continue doing that. It doesn't mean the Penguins can't get bigger, tougher, snarlier, deeper, whatever else. But it does mean that the roster that they have even though it'll be a year older, the roster that they have is good enough to contend if they have a goaltender they can trust. That's a that's a pretty nice thing to be thinking about in late June, right? Right? All right. When we come back, just one question. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time for just one question. That's brought to you always on this program by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. And I'm here to tell you that tomorrow morning... At 9 a.m., they are going to have a significant announcement. I was informed of this yesterday. I am looking forward to this. I'll be up for it. It's 9 a.m., and I'll be up for it, which tells you how significant it'll be. Check out pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how you can make a difference for those in need across western Pennsylvania. Today's question comes from Daniel Matos who says, last week on Daily Shot, you talked about possibly using Radim Zahorna on the third line, but wasn't his stay in the lineup too short to draw any 
definite conclusions. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's definitely fair, Daniel. I also think that when a player, uh, a younger player, but remember that Zahorn is not, he, he's young, but he's also had experience at a top level in Europe. So this isn't someone who's like just coming from the junior ranks and has to be taught the 200-foot game or anything like that. He knows what he's doing. When you're 25 years old and you come over to a new environment the way he did from the Czech Republic, the bigger questions about you are how do you assimilate with the NHL game? And he answered a lot of those questions, I thought, pretty emphatically. Now, is he the answer? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, is he going to have to replace Teddy Bluger? Uh, check with Ron Francis on that one. It's a possibility. But I think that this player coming along and performing the way he did and lifting the Penguins up the way he did at a time when they needed it, that had a direct parallel earlier in the season to the way P.O. Joseph came up. And let's not forget about him, by the way. He's become such an afterthought, it feels like, so quickly. And that should not be the case. That kid owned the rink for some of that stretch there. Good, good player. And what happens when you get a player like this who comes up and does what Zahorna did, what P.O. did, you don't want to make a habit of suppressing that, discouraging that, much less burying it. I think you have to make sure that you've left the doors open, and that goes double for a team that has very, very little to offer from its minor league system. So, so yeah, Daniel, there's a, there's a good point to be had there, and maybe I'm getting ahead of things with the kid, but I, I do feel like the Penguins, as an organization, need to be a lot less afraid of trying things like this. It doesn't always have to be the player you know, the player's style you know. Uh, sometimes it can just be someone who comes along and is a pleasant surprise, and you accept that pleasant surprise. I liked a lot of what I saw from Zahorna, and when you consider that the arbiter of this ultimately is going to be Mike Sullivan, it's notable to me that not once did Sullivan say, yeah, but he kind of needs to work on this, or uh, the little hints that he would throw with young players who come up whose games are not complete. Didn't hear any of that with Zahorna. Really, really liked his overall game. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.